hard first, easy later. So I kind of want to talk about proactive versus reactive. And this is strictly talking about people and the mentality of being proactive versus reactive. So this has nothing to do with programming or React JS or Reactive JS or, or any of that other crap. Um, yeah, so, or RxJS, not Reactive JS. I don't think it's called that. Um, <laughs> anyways, so yeah, and this is this is something that I kind of wanted to talk about at some point, uh, but I didn't really understand or. I didn't really have like a word for it until I kind of thought about it and then it made sense the whole proactive versus reactive because there's a lot of other I think other terms that you could use for for these situations that I'm going to explain um, yeah so I'll start with a story uh, I have another um, I'll say developer that I worked with in the past and you know he's a secret uh, hopefully won't listen to this podcast or won't know that he's listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> but if he does, I'm, I'm, I mean, I would be fairly confident that uh, he would realize that this is all true. So it's not like I'm you know, trying to bash him or anything like that. Um, I hope, I hope that his career has turned around um, since then or since the last time I've seen him, but probably hasn't based off of what I'm about to tell you. So I saw him as a reactive developer okay and I say developer not an engineer you know I look at engineers as people who are going to solve problems long term developers are people who you can just give them code and they'll just write code now engineers are all developers but not all developers are engineers and that's a whole different distinction that I'm sure you can do plenty of research and figure out on your own but he was a member of my team I saw him as a developer I uh, saw him as a mid-level developer. Uh, I think he saw himself as a senior engineer or something like that. I mean, yeah, that, once that got communicated to me, it was a little bit laughable. But uh, but everybody, you know, you should have, I think, a high opinion of yourself. So I didn't see him as a bad developer necessarily. I think he was a little bit behind the times code-wise. Uh, you know, his syntax was dated, things like that. Some of his patterns were a little bit behind the times. But for the most part, he would be given work and he would be predictable. You know, so he wasn't somebody who was way underperforming or anything like that. I mean, I think there was some <laughs> some rather large hiccups, I want to say, that he had with several projects that, you know, were either launching or post-launch, had major bugs, major issues, and had to get full rollback that had far-reaching business, um, you know, impacts. Uh, when, you, when you're working on top of funnel things and then you ship something, and you ship it because you say it's ready to ship and then and everybody makes mistakes so don't get me wrong I've shipped things all the time and afterwards every single project I want to say I have shipped something where I'm like damn it you know I see something I'm like man I can't believe I missed that or or I will find a bug that maybe nobody else calls the worst one is when nobody calls it out and you see it and you know and you're like man I know what I did there you know and you have to go in and fix it for the next shipment but and those, those are relatively, they're painful, but they're relatively easy to get over. The worst ones are obviously the day you ship and then you have like 10,000 people that are like, what the fuck, I can't log into the app anymore. Um, you know, so anyways, uh, I, you know, so I worked with him a little bit and then I didn't push him out, but I, you know, made it very, um, 
welcoming on other teams and you know basically eventually he uh, uh, you know went ahead and found found his way onto another team so uh, and that's that's where you know I didn't work with him on a daily basis all I would ever hear about was he would be shipping a product for them and then they would have a rollback and sometimes that rollback would affect our team but generally it was something where I would consciously know, okay, he's about to ship something. I know he's got a release coming up. So that means his team's going to do a rollback. And I don't think he ever shipped anything that didn't have a rollback. And that's, and that's not me just trying to rag on him. That is the honest truth. I don't remember him ever shipping anything that didn't have some kind of a rollback. Okay. I mean, we're shipping, we're, we're sending out release notes. And then later that day, we get an email, an org email, where they're like, hey, uh, we're going to go ahead and roll this back. We've got some changes, and then we're going to put it back up tomorrow. I mean, that is just, I mean, that is a statement of just fact, in my opinion. Okay, so now that I'm done with all that negative stuff, um, uh, yeah, so now we can talk about kind of his mindset and what I noticed about him and what, what it was when I first met him that made me think, I don't know that I want this person on my team, you know? And, and I think it comes back to this whole proactive versus reactive uh, mentality. So first I want to talk about what it is to be proactive, and we'll talk about the definition first, because I looked up the de definition of it. So proactive is of a person, policy, or action creating or controlling a situation by causing something to happen rather than responding to it after it has happened, okay? And so if we go over here to reactive, obviously it's the opposite or the antithesis. So you have showing a response to a stimulus, acting in response to a situation rather than creating or controlling it. And it also says in here, having a tendency to react chemically, okay? And that's, that's a whole different thing, so. Maybe not so applicable to people on that one, but the other definition where it says acting in response or showing a response to a stimulus um, is, is, is the part that I'm talking about. Um, and, and what I mean by that is I heard this uh, earlier today, actually. Um, you know, Sometimes I'll re-listen to like audiobooks on repeat when I'm jogging or something. And I was listening to this thing, uh, I think it was Grant Cardone, and he said uh, something about uh, excuses and how this guy, you know, he said he, he said he was driving to work or he would drive to work or something and he was late. And then he'd say, well, I've got an excuse or reason or whatever that I was late. It's because the weather was bad or the traffic was bad. Um, and I think he was thinking, and this is what Grant Cardone said, was that you should basically be leaving early or why aren't you being a little bit more proactive. You know, you're being reactive or whatever, essentially. He wasn't saying reactive or proactive, but he's essentially describing the same, you know, mentality, which which is, oh, maybe you should just leave early, you know? Just, just get there early. But that doesn't really solve it, does it? Because what happens if you have a tornado five hours before your work, and then you literally cannot drive to work, you know? So it's like, how far are you willing to take that? Should you be driving 10 minutes early, 20 minutes early, 30 minutes early. And I'll just talk about my my life and what I do if I think I'm going to be late or I don't I don't know that I've ever had that issue, but uh, and I and I say that as somebody who uh, is is not great when it comes to like family and friends get-togethers and being on time and things like that. But when it comes to work, I am always early. 
that's just how I do things. So I, I find a way to be early every time, you know, and I'm not talking about 15 minutes early, I'm talking about an hour, two hours early, you know, a lot of times if I don't know the drive time, I will actually drive somewhere an hour early and I'll go do something. I'll run errands down the street. I'll go to Best Buy down the street because there's, there's always shit to do and I'll find a reason to be in that area already to know, okay, well, I know it's right down the street. So I'm going to go do this and then I'll go over there and do that. You know, and that's, that is just being proactive about things, you know, because I don't know if there's going to be a wreck or I don't know if whatever's going to happen. And I don't want to leave a bad impression. I don't want to start a relationship off bad. You know, if I'm starting a new job or I'm starting a, a new contract or project or whatever the case may be, you can't start it off, you know, with, uh, with being late. You just can't. So anyway, so that whole thing about leaving early and all that stuff, um, I don't know. I don't know if that really applies so much because in my opinion, if if a tornado happens five hours early and I'm about to leave or something like that, I just won't go. And I'll just tell them, hey, you know, there's a tornado or or I you know, more importantly, especially with my with my day to day job, my full time job, uh, right now my workflow is I don't even tell my boss if I'm gonna if I'm not gonna be in the, the office. Now if I have a meeting or something that I need to be at, obviously I'm gonna communicate to everybody involved in that meeting. Otherwise, I don't communicate that. I don't feel the need to communicate that. And I think everybody else doesn't see the need either because I'm proactive about the work that I'm expected to do for that day. Okay. So I think it's it's kind of a, a give and take with that whole thing. I don't think it's a full solution to just go early when you're going to work or whatever the case may be. Um, I did find this interesting uh, study that was done. Uh, let me see if I can find a name for it. I don't know if anybody wants to look it up. It was, hmm. Okay, this study was spearheaded by Alexander Olson. Uh, he's an associate professor of the Department of Psychology or something like that for neuroscience. Uh, this is in uh, Norway, I believe. Um, okay, so the cool thing about what they found, though, was that people who had a reactive mindset, okay, well, well, I guess first you got to rewind. So first they found that the, uh, let's see, what is the exact term for it? Uh, it says they identified robust white matter connectivity between specific brain regions is key to fluid intelligence. Okay. Now fluid intelligence, you can debate the, you know, definition of that or whatever until you're blue in the face. But Basically, and it also is the key to thinking proactively. So it, it helps to, and, and, it, and I don't know that being proactive or thinking proactively increases uh, the, uh, the white matter. It would be interesting if it did because it would kind of be a self-fulfilling system. But, uh, but, it's, but yeah, so it, it's key to fluid intelligence and thinking proactive is this white matter connectivity that lives between all this stuff in your brain matter. Um, conversely, uh, they found that hyper-reactive cognitive control processing is linked to anxiety. And that's just a long fucking, you know, long-winded way of just saying reactive way of looking at things is linked to anxiety and poor white matter organization. Um, now it says, it says poor white matter organization, so I'm not sure why it says it that way, because it almost implies that it has the same amount of white matter in both, and it just, 
doesn't use all of them or doesn't use all of them well. So that's that's kind of interesting. But yeah, I'll probably read the rest of this later because it's it's a really long thing. It's just that that part really jumped out at me. Um, yeah. So, anyways, it's pretty interesting because it's it kind of backs up that it is healthier in some ways or or better off for you to think um, proactively than it is to to think reactively. And I, I mean, I know everybody, you know, you, you have to think on your feet and you have to be able to react to things. But it doesn't mean you need to look at life through the lens of being reactive. You know, I don't think that is a is a good way of looking at things. I don't think it's a healthy way to live your life. Um, so back to this story, to this uh, mystery developer, and I guess we should probably give him a name. Um, let's call him. Uh, hmm, let's call him Tom. Yeah. I don't. I feel like I don't know Tom, so Tom works out. Because <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to call out somebody that I know named Tom and and associate that with a negative interaction. But anyways, okay. So, so this guy Tom, uh, developer mid level, um, has been doing his job for just way too fucking long. I mean, this guy has been working with people who were junior developers, junior engineers, and he's still mid level, and they're in charge of him. You know, it's ridiculous. Okay, this this is that guy that goes through life trying to get one over on everybody. Okay, he's going to work and he's trying to, you know, if you're not looking at him, he's trying to, uh, you know, he. I think he thinks him winning life is, you know, going home and, and adding some new something to his fucking Honda or whatever it is that he, you know, he's like one of those people who drives a $5,000 car with $70,000 worth of shit on it, you know, instead of just going out and buying a nice car, um, wh whatever, you know, I'm not going to judge people for their, their car stuff, but essentially I just did. So whatever. Um, that's, that's just my opinion though. But I think a more universal thing, uh, is that this guy uh, some of the few things that I worked with him on was I would give him the opportunity to be able to blaze a trail, to be the first one into something. I would give him that opportunity. Not everybody else. Because when I got there, I looked at him as an equal. I looked at him as, here's a guy that I can grab and throw him in a place of, of something that I was going to work on. So instead of me doing something, I'll say, you know what? I don't think I'll be able to have time to do that. I'm going to do this other thing. And then I'm going to give this to him, okay? Or give him the opportunity to do this. Because I, I don't run it like a dictatorship. I'm not going to just say, hey, you have to do this. Um, so I went to him several times about several different things and kept trying to give him things and find his interest level, you know, to see, okay, are you interested in this? Is this the type of work you want to do? Here, I'm giving you an opportunity. Do you want to set the standard with this? And every single time, Every single time, it was just the same fucking response. It was just like, no, 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 I don't feel like it. No, I'm good. I'm good. I don't, no, not, it's not for me. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'll just wait till you do it. You know, go ahead and go ahead and do it when you want. You know, no biggie. You know, just, just basically like, ah, you know, Friday's coming up. You know, I, I don't want to do anything. You know, I'm just here. Just, I just work here. You know, that's all it is. He's like those fucking people that, you know, they work in some department in some big company and and you ask them because they, they do something that, that really fucks the company over, okay? That, that really, you know, 
like I, I've just seen shit where it's like you you get approval for like a ten thousand dollar vendor or something that you don't need, and you're you're bogging down revenue by by just eating up all this fucking money internally. We just spend money like crazy. You just see it as like a free money tree that you work for, and and you ask them, and you're like, man, that's really gonna hurt the company uh, because I don't think that's cost effective to do to do that that system or whatever it is that, that, that the situation calls for and and he'll just look at you and be like oh it's not my department or i don't care it's not my company it's like actually it is it's our company like so many people are like oh well, i'm just this little bitty person at this big company um so it's not my company it's not it's not my problem you know but it is you know and i've never understood why people do that and i, I just like they I, I want to say the way that I look at it is it's like these government workers, you know, and, and I'm not, I don't know a lot of government workers. So, you know, I know this may not be terribly accurate, but I look at them as like welfare babies, you know, they're just looking for a handout, you know, they're, they're subpar humans. They, they barely do anything. Okay. And then the limited exposure that I've had with, with military contractors and, and, and I say that from a place of working at a company that we technically do have military contracts. So this is not universal because I want to say that my company is better than that. But but anyways, um, I've been on both sides of that where I've been on the military side using vendors and I've been on the vendor side using them or, or, or providing things to the military. And I, I can see the waste and the mentality where it's just... Uh, where it's almost like uh, like when you're a kid and, you know, I, I never really got an allowance, but it's how I would picture somebody who gets an allowance from their mommy and daddy, you know, where they're like, well, it doesn't matter what I do this week because I'm going to get my allowance on Friday, you know? And that's what this guy was to me is he just started becoming this baby where it was like he just wanted to get taken care of, you know? And you would give him a story or you give him some kind of work to do and... And he was like, oh, let me, let me split hairs with this project. Let me, I'm not going to dig deep, okay? I'm not going to find out the intent behind this. If you don't give me the accurate you know, uh, uh, breakdown of what I need, if you don't give me an itemized list of what I need to do for this story, uh, then I'm just not going to do it. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you know, having meetings and, and, and talk about this and split hairs and come up with all kinds of reasons not to do the thing that it is that I need to be fucking doing, you know? And and all that to say that he would react to things. He would never be proactive. So let's say I gave him something that said, I need you to, to make this button uh, turn on. I, I just need a little toggle button. You know those little switch buttons that the iPhones have where... The, the button goes on or off. It's like green or off, you know, and it just slides left to right. And, and, and it's something so basic, but a proactive person would say, okay, well, let me see what the rest of the app is doing. Do we have this type of button anywhere else in the app? Okay. And if we do, what does it look like? And if we don't, let me go talk to the UX team. Let me go talk to the UI team. Let me see how they perceive this as how it should look. Maybe we already have a comp for it, because most of the time you're going to have a comp. There's going to be some kind of a workup from some design or some, some concept area where it's going to say, hey, this is, this is how it should look or this is how it should act. But if there isn't, you should be going to those teams. You shouldn't be 
creating extra work for anybody, you should just immediately go and talk to that person, okay? You, should, you shouldn't be bogging anything down. You shouldn't be kicking things up. Now, I'm sure there's a, there is a, a barrier or a, a threshold where essentially once you cross that where you're like, okay, now let's go ahead and kick this back to business or let's kick this back up to you know, planning or whatever and basically say this needs to be built out a little bit more. I understand that, okay? But for the little things where it's a simply just going and talking to the design team and finding out, oh, well, I just need to use this one little, this this little uh, design pattern that they have. You know, they, they want to use this specific shade of green or this hue of purple or whatever. Um, sometimes it's that simple. And doing that one little interaction that could take you five to 10 minutes uh, is going to build a stronger relationship with that other team and in the future, you're going to have better communication. Maybe you'll get some kind of heads up from them, something that's coming down the pipeline, and they'll be like, "Hey, uh, you know, we, we're we're about to be doing this, and we're we're wanting to do this. Do you think we can do it this way? You know, uh, you're going to have just such a better product because you're going to become this greater team. But when you have these reactive people uh, like this, this guy Tom, uh, he didn't want to go to this team. He didn't, he, it's not even that he didn't want to, it's that he didn't even think about it. It never even crossed his mind to ever communicate with that other team. He just saw things as, I'm in this team, and, and there's no other team. There's no company. There's no revenue. There's no, you know, like, like, I don't know how the lights are kept on. I'm just a cog in the wheel. That's him. You know, that's Tom. So, so anyways, the long story short with that is that... It just became, you know, just frustrating for me where I didn't even, you know, I, I, I'm not going to waste energy by being irritated with him. So I never lashed out at him. I don't think he ever even thought that I was irritated with him. I just stopped giving him shit that mattered. I didn't give him work that mattered. You know, if, if you know, sometimes you have kind of busy work or bug fixing and you just you just have the bullshit. And, and I didn't necessarily punish him. I didn't give him bad work. You know, I didn't give him things that, that I wouldn't do myself. It's just I didn't give him the exciting work, you know, because I tried to give him the exciting work at the beginning, and he didn't want to do it. And I tried to give him the leeway to decide what work he wanted to do, but he didn't even want to do that. And, and, and just to put that in perspective, that's like telling somebody, hey, um, what would you like to do for work, you know? What would you like to contribute to the team? And then having somebody look you in the eye and be like, no, I don't want to make that call. I, I you know, it's just not for me. I, I need somebody to tell me what to do. You know, I, I don't know how to do this stuff, this, this stuff that you call life. You know, I need to be told. I need to have a list. I need, I need somebody to, to tell me like I'm a baby and walk me through and tell me exactly what I need to do with my time, you know? And, and that's fine. Maybe that works at like, you know, some giant company like IBM or something like that. I don't want to bash IBM. I'm sure they're a great company that everybody perceives as being a, you know, a very slow slug, you know, like me. I perceive them as being a slug, but as far as in the tech space. But, uh, but anyways, um, yeah. And so I, I just, yeah, it just, it just really, really kind of blew my mind to, to meet somebody like that. And so I thought it was interesting when I saw this study that it's actually healthier to be more proactive because obviously I believe that being proactive is better 
And, and I kind of preach it in like my team environments when I'm always telling people that I want everybody on the team to be proactive, meaning that I want them to find the intent for themselves. You know, when, when somebody gives you work or somebody gives you a directive, uh, you, should, you should obviously look at what's the intent behind it. How does this help us as an organization? And then what can I do to either further this or change this? Does it need to be changed? Because you always have to think about, why am I doing this? You know, why do they want me to do this? And should I be doing this? And if I do do this, what is this going to get me? And is there anything else I can do that would render this obsolete? Meaning, is there some other thing that I could do that's more of a long-term fix or a long-term thing uh, that would mean that this is not even a thing? Like, am I doing something today that's going to have to be redone in six months? Because that's not engineering that's development you know so if you want to be an engineer and you're doing something today that you know you're gonna to have to change in six months you know at some at some point you're not really an engineer you're just the developer you're just in there coding you know and you're just changing things i mean and, and there's some study out there right now too that uh i don't have the exact study um i'm sure somebody could find it but it's it's like one of the biggest ones they do every year uh where they take you know, I think it's like 75,000 uh, engineers and IT professionals and only senior level. And they survey all of them. And they found that something like 75% of all development work that's going to happen in 2020 is just to keep the lights on. It's maintenance. Okay. It means it's, 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 we're going to upgrade a version, but we're not going to do anything new. You know, we're going to release a new app from a new platform and a new list of libraries and a new language, but it's going to do the same fucking thing it did last year. You know, that's what that means. That means 75% of the people that you're working with are developers. If you're working in a tech space, they can call themselves engineers all they want, but they're developers. They're just sitting there and they're just punching their ticket every single day and they're being reactive. You know, they're, they're waiting to be told what to do. That's what they do. So, Anyways, I don't want I don't want to harp on that too much, but I, I hope that hopefully uh, gets through to somebody that's that's kind of had that mentality where they're thinking, well, my boss told me to do this, so I'm just going to do this, and that's going to be it, and then and then I'm going to go home for the day, and that's and that's my job, you know, and that's exactly what that is. That's a job, you know, and and so I think everybody kind of has to make their own decision if that's how they want to live their life or not, um, yeah, so. That's it for me. I just wanted to touch on that and, and hopefully somebody, I really hope that somebody will kind of make that switch to being a little bit more proactive in their life.